at Work podcast, a podcast for the modern parent working in the modern world. Join us as we interview leading experts in their fields to unveil the secrets working parents need to succeed at work. Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for parents who still want to excel at work even though they've got small children or children at all. This is sponsored by the Spiegel Law Firm, where we represent folks who have been fired or afraid they might be. We have a soft spot in our hearts for those suffering from pregnancy or other types of family responsibilities, discrimination. And I am thrilled today to have on the show a good friend of mine and fellow attorney and former prosecutor, Will Mount. Uh, Will's expertise is the same as mine in that he has children and has managed somehow to hold down a full-time job. Not only a full-time job, but his his own firm. So, Will, I'm going to let you talk about what you do and how people might find you if they wanted to. Well, uh, thank you for having me, Tom. I am a lawyer who who primarily practices juvenile defense work in the District of Columbia, um, I'm part of a small law firm uh, with one other partner who she primarily practices family law as well as probate. You can check both of us out at our website. It's www.dzmlegal.com where you can find our contact information and, and phone numbers. And we're more than happy to help people at any time, day or night. Okay, great. Can you give the website one more time? You just got, you kind of broke up there just a little bit. I'm sorry. It's a www.d as in dog, z as in zebra, as in Mary, legal.com. It's great. And we're going to put that in the show notes too. And you, you mentioned it. If somebody was looking to hire you, for what would they hire you? Well, I do all kinds of uh, criminal defense. I've handled felonies, misdemeanors, juvenile, you name it. I do work primarily in the District of Columbia, but I also am licensed in Maryland, and I've handled cases there as well before. Now, my partner, Judith, she handles more of our family law practice, including divorce as well as child custody, as well as she also handles a probate practice in the District of Columbia. So we've... We've divided up our practice fairly well between the different areas of law. And you guys aren't brave enough to come into Virginia? Come on now. <laughs> well, I think we will at some point in the future. We're not licensed there yet. And in fact, in the future, our hope is to hire a Virginia associate, someone who maybe has experience in both D.C. and Virginia. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. That's great. Well, we'll welcome you to, uh, to this, side of the, this side of the river. What I want to talk about today is, you know, on the show, we have people who sometimes have some expertise in a various area regarding, you know, how parents can succeed at work. And sometimes it's just, you know, misery loves company. And I know that you and I had discussed, you know, the piece that it's actually the first the first episode of this podcast where I shared a chapter in my book that I later turned into a post on on LinkedIn about my own experience and struggles of being a particularly a new father, fairly high stress job. And I know that you have had similar travails. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What was it? Well, first of all, tell us about your parenting story, how many kids and all those gruesome details. <laughs> we have uh, one child right now, Liam. He's uh, three years old. And we actually just found out recently that we're about to have our second child, uh, 
coming on the way uh, next year in June. So hey, congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's uh, it's very early, but uh, we are growing family, I, I would say, at this point in time. My background, and I think my wife's background as well, is in social justice. And uh, we've done a lot of different jobs throughout our life involved in social justice between uh, college and law school. I worked for a women's homeless shelter in D.C. After law school, as as you mentioned earlier, I I worked for the U.S. Attorney's Office prosecuting domestic violence cases. And so, and my wife, she works for the Downtown Baltimore Family Alliance, uh, in in which she is the executive director of, which they're trying to bring new and young families to Baltimore. And, And so, what we'll say is this, is that we love the jobs that we do. They're definitely very time intensive, I, I would say. And, and I would also say that they, as a result of it, it's, it's difficult trying to balance between something you genuinely believe in, work that you genuinely believe doing every day versus the responsibilities of being a father. As I'm sure it was for you, Tom, when I first became a father to my son, I was completely and, and totally unprepared. I, I bought the books. I, I tried to read everything that I could and, and get prepared. But quite frankly, there, there's just nothing like the real world experience of having a screaming baby right in front of you. And you, you sort of have to learn on the fly at that point in time. And unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, is sometimes you also have client obligations to go along with that. And trying to balance that is, is, is definitely an art form. As I saw from your article, it's, it's, it can be very difficult. It can it definitely, for me, can produce anxiety because you want to you want to do the best that you can in every field. You believe in what you're doing at work and you believe that what you're doing at home in, in that regard. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And I and I think, you know, this ground has been well covered, but I think we're living it that, you know, today there are both increased expectations about what you will do for your children, you know, just in terms of ensuring not only for their physical or emotional well-being, but there aren't the... You know, and I don't know there was ever a, uh, you know, a, a, a golden age necessarily. I know that, you know, every period had its drawbacks, particularly back in the day when women didn't have as much choice as they do now in their careers. And so they had to stay home. But nevertheless, there was a time, I think, that there were just more different expectations and more resources. You know, I, I know... You know, when I was growing up, there just there was never, and my mom was pretty involved with what we were doing, but there was never expectation she was going to watch us twenty four seven. You know, she'd let us out to play with friends and didn't feel a need to stand out there and make sure we didn't get kidnapped or you know, she just let us play and then we'd come back and we were tired. You know, and that just doesn't happen now. Not in, in a lot of places, it doesn't, particularly in urban, you know, in ur- urban areas that you just don't have those kinds of resources. So you combine that with the expectations of, you know, a a high stress job, and it's re- literally is you know you're burning the candle at both ends. Oh yeah, I mean it, it can be incredibly difficult. Uh, I remember when I was a child growing up in Ohio, my mom would just say, "Hey, go watch your brother and take him up to the park," which was about a quarter mile, half a mile away from our home. I, I can't imagine saying that to my son now when he's six or seven years old. Hey, take your little brother or sister down to the park and uh, you watch out after him in that regard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. And quite frankly, I mean, there, there's been some 
crazy stories in the news of parents who have tried doing that and then are uh, charged with uh, criminal neglect or civil neglect as a result of that. I mean, it's, it's just unheard of. But I guess uh, get, getting to your point as well, it's, it's a difficult balance in terms of when you have a child, particularly small children, they want to see you all the time in, in that regard. And you can't really explain to them saying, listen, daddy has to go do this or daddy has to file a brief or, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. They just want to hang out with you and spend time with you and they don't understand if you're not around. And so often I think that what happens with a lot of attorneys is, is that what we sacrifice first is sleep. I mean, we, we try to use as many hours out of the day as possible to get as much work done and even when, when our children are sleeping or, or, or when, when they've gone to bed in that regard. Yeah, no, you're right. And then you, you know, you can only do that for, for so long and not to, you know, not to mention that you've got a, a spouse who's under similar time constraints and it really does become quite the pressure cooker. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's part of it is, is my wife and I, we, we really believe in equal responsibility and, and being equal parents in this process. And I think that that's great. Tom, I mean, we, we were talking a little bit before about sort of the historical sort of trends with parenting. There was a time where a lot of moms just watched the children and they were stay-at-home moms and dads went off to work and that's how it was. I think that the way that we actually do things now is, is, is much better in terms of sort of the more co-equal working relationship in that regard. But it's, it's a struggle. It's hard for my wife when she has a meeting that she has to go to at night and when I've had a long day at court or where I'm still stuck at court. Uh, just because they say the court's from nine to five, if there's a case still going on at 6.30, you're still going to be in court at 6.30, whether you uh, like it or not. And so um, fortunately, we have family that lives in the area. I don't know how we would be able to do it without that. We have babysitters that we can call on a moment's notice when those sort of emergencies come up. And, and fortunately, Liam is a little bit older now, and so he, he's now in preschool. When he was a lot younger, this was much more difficult. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. Some of it just, you know, and I was, I'll, I'll throw this out. You mentioned some of this already, but I'll throw this out to you in a minute. Like, you know, what have you learned? What tips would you give to fathers and mothers, you know, how to, how to survive this period? And I think one of mine is you just, you know, it gets better. But by virtue of doing nothing other than just surviving and your kids getting older and eventually starting to sleep through the night. Now, you've gone and made the mistake of having a second one, so you're going to blow that all out of the water. No, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But, it, uh, I mean, you know, that when they're really, in each age has its own challenges, certainly. But when they're really young like that, it's just hard. And it gets better. Eventually, they don't, you know, they don't need you to pick them up and take them around and, you know, and, and they can get up and down steps by themselves and a lot of that kind of nature nature takes care of you. So part of it, I think, is you just know that there will eventually, it may be a long tunnel, but there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll say this as well, is that I remember when Liam was born at the very beginning, there was definitely a time in which I was working just a ton of hours, a lot more than I am actually right now. And as a result of that, I really, my, my wife and I discussed this. I mean, we had to step back and sort of reassess. And I think that that's something that's incredibly important for all uh, couples who have young children is to constantly be 
communicating with your spouse and even trying to communicate with your child if possible to sort of assess what really are the priorities. I would say, and I think most people would agree, is that family has to be the number one priority. It's hard. I mean, it's hard when, when you have a small practice like I do. I know I, you, you have a great practice as well, Tom. And, and I think that there's a unique sort of thing for people who have their own practice and that you constantly want to be bringing business in. You constantly want to be growing your practice. You don't know when your next case is going to come. So you never really want to turn down a case at one point or another. But still, nonetheless, it's, it's just so incredibly important. You, you have to sort of say, my kids come first. Right. Yeah. Your kids come first. And, you know, and this is something that I have not done a great job with, certainly over the years. But so I'll give a, some lip service because intellectually, intellectually, I think it is very important, although I don't walk the walk as much as I should. You know, taking time out to take care of yourself and taking time out to spend time with your with your spouse or significant other. I mean, it's often those two things are the first to go by the wayside when the time really gets tight. You know, you give up date night, you give up the, you know, the road trip with the, with your friends because there's just a limited amount of time. And I think, you know, of course you got to make those choices and it's not, you can't, you know, live your life like you were, you know, single and childless again. But I think it's important to protect those because, you know, your kids suffer when you're you know, when you're not at your best and when you're exhausted and when you've had no time to do something to recharge your own batteries. Right. I mean, and what I would suggest along those lines is to potentially start with something monthly at first. I think it's incredibly difficult to say, okay, we're going to have a weekly date night. And if you can do it, that's great. And, and, you know, I congratulate those who can, but my wife and I, we strive now to at least have a monthly date night where we go out and we do something different and part of it is is trying to find other childcare options. I have friends, for example, who are very not comfortable with putting their kids with other people. And, and what I suggest is is that you, you know you definitely need to vet and make sure the babysitters and the people out there who are watching your your children are trustworthy. But you need to have other people that you can hand your child off to from time to time. Everyone needs to have a break here or there. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, or or parents or, you know, whatever whatever network you have, your kid's going to be okay for, you know, for three hours while you go out and spend some time doing things, not, you know, diaper changing or, or you know, reading board books or <laughs> all the things you have to do with the, with the rest of your time. It's, yeah, your kid will be fine. Like, you know, go, go on to care.com or wherever and do the background check and check the reviews and all the references, but... Your kid will be fine. So how, I mean, how has it changed? I mean, as your, as, as your son, as, as Liam has gotten older, talk about how that has affected your, your work life for good or ill. I think Ill. it's affected it overall. I think it's affected it for the better. When I started out with the practice, I was a much more novice attorney at that point in time. And so I was literally looking for whatever work I could do. At some point in time, I was, I was working in uh, Maryland doing bail uh, arraignment uh, shifts in which I would represent clients literally just at arraignment, trying to avoid any sort of bail being placed on them whatsoever. During that period of time, from time to time, I was working shifts, sometimes from four until midnight, sometimes from midnight until eight in the morning, and then I would be going to work the next morning. And, you know, with my practice sort of building, with being able to find um, enough work from the D.C. Superior Courts, I, I do think that my practice is, is a lot more stable right now. One of the benefits, one of the great things about owning a practice and 
being your own boss in that regard is, is that I can make up my own schedule. If I don't want to work, I don't have to work. If I do want to work, I definitely can. And so that sort of flexibility is great. As my son gets older, if he has a soccer game, for example, well, if I have enough advance notice, I can schedule to be off for that soccer game. He was in a little soccer program actually last year on Mondays, and I, I made a priority to be at every soccer game. I mean, it's two-year-olds kicking a ball around, but you know that's important. It's important to show your, your, your kid that you're there and that what they are interested in, you value as well, and that you believe. Yeah, those things are you know are priceless. So what? And I don't know that there is much to be done. But what, how do you think things will be? I was going to say, what were you doing to pre- prepare for number two? But how do you think you're? How are you in a different spot now than when you were before you had your first well, one? I, I think the great thing about number two is, is I mean, a lot of people have warned me that it gets a lot tougher. That you go from sort of being able to overwhelm the child with two parents in terms of if my wife is tired, I can take over. If I'm tired, my wife can take over. And and that's a real benefit. But I think that with having two kids, we're now going to go to -to person-to-person defense in that regard in terms of we're both going to have to be on a little bit more. Now, the benefit, though, is this, is that we've both been through this process once before. And so the surprises of pregnancy aren't going to really surprise us. The late nights, we're used to that at this point in time. We've dealt with that. And um, fortunately, in our case, I think we spaced it enough apart that our son will be old enough where he still needs help, don't get me wrong, but it's not sort of the same sort of intensity as it was with, with dealing with a one-year-old. Um, Tom, as you said earlier, it does get better. It gets significantly better. And I mean, there, there were times six months into our, our first son that I was like, how are we going to survive the next 17 and a half years of doing it? And now we've agreed to re-up in that regard. Yeah. So we, we clearly liked it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, at least our case, we were just too dumb to know uh, otherwise. We all make mistakes, right? No, it does. It, it gets, and you, you know, you're still, it'll get even better with Liam in terms of at least the physical demands on you, the mental demands, you know, remained. But, you know, my oldest now is 12 and are about to be 12. That You know, he's, yes, he is some amount of work. You know, we can't just let him roam free. But for the most part, you know, he does, he's doing, you know, doing his own thing. I can't get him to clear his dishes, but other than that, you know, he's, he's pretty self-sufficient, which is, you know, so those, that time does come. And, you know, I, I don't want to be too overly sappy about it, but you kind of miss the, you, you miss some of those, those younger stages, and, you know, pay attention, you know, and treasure them while, while they're there. You know, I, you don't, I saw this, this Facebook post, which was which is rung true, like you never know when the lasts are going to be. You remember the firsts, you know, like remember when they took their first step. You remember the first time that they, you know, rode a two wheeler. You don't, you know, because you don't know when the lasts are. Like I was thinking, I mean, you know, I will never knock on wood. Hopefully, you know, have to bathe Harrison ever again. You know, like, but but you know, but that's also kind of a little bit of melancholy because I'm like, wow, I don't. There was a, there there was a day I don't know when it was when I gave him his last bath those those kinds of things when you're in it you're like oh man I got to do bath time but it is there does come a time where it doesn't happen again no absolutely one thing that I, I recommend to dads that honestly at first <laughs> again I, I went into this not knowing anything and so I relied on my wife who is just an amazing woman and in every way whatsoever. But it's a really good idea early on to get alone time with your children in, in, in that regard, particularly for dads who are working a lot, just so that 
your son and you or your daughter and you can spend time together and, and, and have your own little special things. I have a tradition with my son now that I make sure to take him to one baseball game each year where it's just him and me. Like my, my wife and I, we, we go to Baltimore Oriole baseball games all the time, but we have a little tradition going now where Liam and I will go to one game a year and it'll just be daddy's son time. And we'll do whatever, basically I'll do whatever he wants to do. We'll get popcorn, you, you name it. But it, it's a great way to bond sort of individually with your son. I think there's a lot of times where men feel like, what am I doing? Can I do this? How does this work in that regard? And, and it's a great way to say that, yeah, you can parent and, and you know what you're doing. Yeah, right. It's important to take that time to, to do that, like you say. You know, let me recommend a book. If you haven't seen it, it was, it's, a really, it's a good one. It's called The Modern Dad's Dilemma. It's by, I'm going to mangle his last name. It's John Badalament, B-A-D-A-L-A-M-E-N-T. And we'll put that in the show notes. And it was interesting. I read the book and it's, as the title suggests, like, you know, how to be a father in the modern day. And, and it was really sort of eye-opening to me in the sense that I hadn't really thought of fatherhood as a, not too much as a profession, but as another whole aspect to myself. And by that, I meant like, I mean, I always wanted to be around my children. I've always like, you know, made choices that would maximize my opportunity to do that. So I knew it was important, but I still think in my head, I thought of it as something that I did after work, you know, like something that like I did in addition to work. And the book really kind of helped me rethink that as fatherhood as being more, at least as central to my identity as my work. And it's not something like, you know, I think I, not that I would have articulated it this way necessarily, but I sort of on an emotional level thought of it as, you know, fatherhood was sort of extra. And if you were, you know, good at being a father and you devoted time to that, well, great. In the same way you might devote, you know, time to being a good banjo player or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. But it was somehow outside of, of work and therefore outside of your core of your value. And I read that. I'm like, you know, no, that's not like it is. I don't want to say job in like a pejorative sense, but it is a it is a calling it is a central aspect of your being that is in no way lesser than your work identity. No, absolutely. And it, it's, it's definitely the core of my being. Not to share my politics too much, but I've been disheartened a little bit with some of the things that are going on in the world lately. And I think that my son, in, in a lot of ways, and his innocence and children's innocence and just the inherent good that children are, they sort of renew your faith in the world. They renew your faith that maybe things can get better, that even though things aren't really going that well right now, um, that we really have the ability to, to change and that there is still good in this world, even if some of our leaders right now really aren't exhibiting that good in, in one way or another. Yeah, no, they do give you, you know, kind of kind of faith in humanity <laughs> until you see them, you know, at the park gouging each other's eyes out and you're sort of uh, Lord of the Flies. You're like, okay, I guess there is something elemental to us like that. But no, it's absolutely right. It does give you it does give you a different perspective. Well, listen, is there is there anything that we haven't talked about, like to you know for fathers who may be you know maybe going to be new fathers or fathers who are at work and sort of struggling? Anything else we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about? Well, one other thing that I just wanted to say was one of the benefits that I think is, is having 
great people around you as well can be really helpful to new fathers, particularly in the professional side of life. I have a great law partner in Judith Del Quadro Zimmerman, and uh, I'm very, very blessed to have her around. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times in which my son has been sick or there's been something else going on in which Judith has come in and, and to the rescue and been able to uh, save me in that moment in time. And, and Tom, I know you have a great staff behind you as well. And I think that that's something that particularly um, for a small business in that regard, to have people around you who you can trust and you can reach out to and who you know will do an amazing job. And, and, and so I think that that's something that I'm super blessed with that has made this process that would be a heck of a lot more difficult, a lot easier in, in that regard. Yeah, no, having a good support network is is key and people that under understand you, you know, which may mean that if, if you're at a job that you don't have that, you look for another job. You know, there are a bunch of different ways to make a living and there are, you know, more flexible jobs and, you know, jobs that be that are more supportive. I mean, there are a number, of, you know, you can, an easy Google search will give you, you know, a top 10 list of good places to work if you, if you have a family that are family friendly sorts of places. And it may be that, that that's something that a new father or new mother needs to look at is sometimes you can change your work and sometimes you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and making the best of the situation. I mean, as you suggested earlier, it does get better. It, it will get better. But I, definitely having that support system in place, I, I don't know how we get through some weeks without it in, in that regard. And that's what makes it a lot easier. But every week, what I suggest is easier than the week before it. And so... <laughs> Fingers crossed that that will be the case with number two as well. Yeah, no, we'll wish you uh, we'll wish you the best of luck. It's good stuff. It'll be exciting. Well, Will, I appreciate you coming on. This has been, as always, great talking to you, and I'm sure people will find what you had to say very, very useful. And we'll have you back on when you've had baby number two, and you can share your your <laughs> wisdom of of surviving surviving two kids. <laughs> great talking to you, Tom. Have a great day. Bye bye. Okay, take care. Bye, Will. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Parents at Work podcast. Are you interested in learning more about our show, our hosts, or today's guest? Do you have a comment or question you'd like to share with the Parents at Work community? Then contact us at www.spigglelaw.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time.